Why do you seek the living one among the dead? That is what the angels asked these confused women that came to the tomb. But what else could these women have expected? The women, if they had, they were, they, they had been able to keep their cool after seeing two angels, they could have replied, saying, well, Jesus truly died on the cross, and people that die are buried in a tomb, and that is where dead people remain. So tombs are where dead people are. That is what is expected. I mean, and surely Christ had foretold this, that he was going to rise from the dead, but who could have, who could have imagined this? The resurrection of Christ is something completely unprecedented. It was something that had never happened before. And it wasn't just that a single man managed to come back from the dead, but it was that he opened a way for us. So that changes the course of history. That changes the course of the life of the disciples. And that changes the course of our lives. And that is precisely the point of Christ's resurrection, that it changes everything. It changes everything in the lives of the disciples. It changes everything in our lives. The only thing that can really change our worldview is the resurrection of Christ. It's when you realize that Jesus of Nazareth, the person who had died on Good Friday, is truly alive today and is fully alive. I think that sometimes we, we can be a little bit like these women. We can seek the living one among the dead. And what I mean by that is that we don't expect things to change. We have our habits, our character, the way we live, and we think that that is all there is and that we won't change. This, does it happen to you that you think you're set, that your desires, your ambitions won't change? This is who you are. Maybe you're struggling with a particular sin and you think this is gonna last forever. I keep going to confession to, I confess this sin and it's always the same. And it feels that it's gonna be like that forever. But Jesus is alive. And that makes a huge difference. This means that he is the living ingredient that put in the batch of dough rises everything. If he is introduced in your life, he can change everything from one day to the other. Surely, many times, he does it in a more gradual way. But he is with you and he is changing you he is transforming you i'm sure that if you look back a year ago and if you have been walking with jesus you'll notice that there's 
a change, that there has been improvement. St. Paul, in the letter to the Ephesians, has this prayer for the Christians over there, saying, I pray that you may know what is the surpassing greatness of God's power for us who believe in accord with the exercise of his great might. St. Paul wants the Ephesians to have this truth engraved in their hearts. He wants them to be completely certain that there's a new principle of life in their hearts that is the same principle of life that rose Jesus from the dead. Jesus was dead, but then he was he rose from the dead. And that same principle is in us. The risen Christ that lives in our hearts through grace can change anything in us. He can change my character. He can change the way I see reality. He can change the way I interact with people. He can change my prayer. He can make me fall in love with him fall in love with prayer, fall in love with the Eucharist. So from Christ's resurrection, we have this power that is available now for each one of us. And in a certain way, it's already working in us. We have it, we have it through baptism. And it's working in a secret way. Psalm 16 says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart he instructs. I love that expression. That is, even during the night when you are not aware of it, the Lord is working in you. He does it in a slow, slowly but surely. He's working in you and he's creating a new man and a new woman out of you. So what can we do? We have this power that is in us, is working. Are we just supposed to wait and let God do all the work? Surely he's the one doing the work, but we can cooperate with him. And the more we cooperate with him, the more powerfully he can work in us. And the greater can be the fruit and the greater can be his life in us. And the way we have access to that, the way we cooperate with that is by coming into contact with his recent humanity. We need to be like the apostles that went to the tomb because they wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to touch him again. Remember when he appears in the, in the cenacle, Thomas wants to touch Jesus. The way we get to touch Jesus is through the sacraments. The sacraments is the way that we come into contact with Jesus alive. That's the way we seek the living one among the living because sacraments are a living reality. The moment you come in contact with his risen body, grace starts to operate in you in a very powerful way. And this is most, mostly true about the Eucharist. 
That is a place where Christ is present in a very, very special way. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says about the Eucharist and Holy Communion, it says, Holy Communion augments our union with Christ. The principal fruit of receiving the Eucharist in Holy Communion is an intimate union with Christ Jesus. Life in Christ has its foundation in the Eucharistic banquet. The more we are exposed, we come into contact with the Eucharist, the more we come into contact with Christ, and the more he can work in us. That is why I encourage you, all of you, to come as frequently as possible to the Mass, to, to the sacraments, especially in this time of Easter. Sometimes we don't know how to celebrate Easter in a better way. Well, the best way is coming to Mass, coming to the sacraments, being in contact with Jesus. And especially try to come with some time, come a little bit earlier, because we have a lot of noise in our minds, in our hearts. We come with a lot of fussiness from the world. So we need to have a time to quiet down, to wind down and be able to remember this reality. Jesus, the reason one, is present here. And he's coming to my heart. He's coming to encounter me. I'm going to be able to encounter him. Here, for example, we pray the rosary right before Mass. Well, if you don't want to pray the whole rosary, at least come for a couple decades, and that will help you to enter into the mystery of the Mass. It will help you to connect with Jesus heart to heart. One of my teammates back in home, and uh, was one of my rugby teammates, we shared the, the team for uh, seven years. And throughout all those years, he, we never spoke about God at all. He was not a church goer. But at some point, he started dating a girl that was part of the parish, and he started to go to Mass you know, to go along with her. Started dating her, so he said, surely, I'll go with you. And as he started going to Mass, slowly he started to listen more. And he, started, he decided, okay, I'll try to put some of these things into practice. And the more he did that, the more he got into it. And then at some point, he noticed the peace and the strength that I receive every Sunday, it kind of fades away as the week goes by. And I see my girlfriend, she, would, she, was, she was going at that point uh, during the week, and I see that she has that peace and it's ongoing. So I'll start going with her also on weekdays. And without you noticing, he was going every day to Mass. And his life was transformed. I saw him after five years, and he was a different person. Then he went on a pilgrimage to Medjugorje, and then his life was transformed completely. He got married, he has his family, and it was a huge change that started through the Mass. 
And he had a huge leap when he decided to be more in contact with Jesus. So I invite you in this Easter time to grow in your expectations on what the risen Lord can do on your life. He can change you. And he does it through the sacraments. It's here in the Eucharist, in the sacrament of confession, where the Lord is waiting for you. So receive those sacraments with hope. The Lord can change you. And the Lord will change you. Because he is alive.